uh, Mark chapter number 7 for just a little while this morning. Uh, that's a beautiful song and uh, beautifully done and just uh, a real blessing. Continuing our study in the book of Mark, uh, a theme that uh, I wanted to try to get over through this book was be more like Jesus. The book presents him as the Lord's perfect servant. And I think we all ought to have a servant spirit. And I don't know a better place to get it than from the word of God and from Jesus himself, right? So take your Bible, Mark chapter number 7. I'll begin about verse 24. And it's so good to be here today. I'd like to welcome all you folks by way of live stream uh, who is sick. Most, a lot, we got a lot of folks sick, and I, I pray that you'll be all right and get back in your place before long. Look in your Bible now. Let me read for you just a real short, short portion of Scripture. I begin in verse number 24 of Mark chapter number 7. There is a, there is a, a companion text that we'll be turning back and forth to, and that will be Matthew chapter 15. But uh, it is a companion text to the text that we're going to read this morning. And the Bible says, and from thence, it's verse 24, and from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered into a house and would uh, have no man know it, but he could not be hid. I like that phrase, Jesus could not be hid. I want to preach on it one of these days, but I'm glad. You know, most of us hide him every day at work. Or we hide him every day, you know. We ought to let Jesus shine through to us, right? And through us, all right. But the Bible said that his fame had grown so wide and he had done so many marvelous things. He's walked on the water. He's fed five 5,000 plus the men and women. Could have been as many as 20,000. He fed them with just... Uh, uh, couple of sardines and uh, and uh, maybe a hush puppy or two. And uh, everybody was overwhelmed at what he had done. Uh, he's confronted uh, the religious men of his day. He's walked on the water just for a little while. And uh, everybody is thronging to see him. Everybody, thousands, literally thousands are now following him. And wanting his time, wanting a blessing. And uh, the Bible says he tries to get away, tries to go to a, maybe a, a, a seashore house. Uh, maybe he knows a, somebody that has one. And he thought after he maybe had walked 50 miles northeast that maybe the throne would not follow him. No way. They followed him anyhow. And now he's out of the Jewish country, out of the Jewish cities. And now he's entered into a Gentile city. A Gentile. You know what that is? That's anybody who's not a Jew. <laughs> and, uh, and they're looked down upon by the Jew. So he, he tries to get away and rest a little bit. In verse 25. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that uh, he would cast forth the devil 
out of her daughter. Any of you parents ever thought maybe your kids needed something like that? <laughs> I know a lot of kids think their parents need that, but uh, but you can imagine you can imagine the situation. Uh, there's nothing that will cause more turmoil than a rebellious child. Uh, there's there's nothing any more frustrating. Uh, trying to tell a young child, a teenager, that they're going down the wrong road, but uh, it's hard to get it across them because they can only see one road, and that's the one they want to take. Amen. Regardless of what you do, regardless of how much you pray, regardless of how much effort, regardless of what goes on, uh, all of us have seen that take place. And here's a mother with a rebellious child. More than rebellious, she's full of the devil. She's demon-possessed. And you can imagine the heartbreak of the mother. You can imagine the turmoil in the home. You can imagine, just uh, look at some of the kids today, and it's just got to be the most miserable thing in all the world is having a, a child who you love dearly. And no matter what they do, you still love them. I mean, your parent, they're, they're part of you. And so here's a heartbroken mother, one that has tried probably every avenue known to man. She's probably taken him to the high priest. She's probably taken him down to the temple of Baal. More than likely, she could have been one of the prostitutes at the temple there. Perhaps the daughter is result of an illicit affair. Gentiles worshiping Baal, Astaroth, the fertility God. You could go on and on and on, but I do know one thing, regardless of the situation, it is a miserable situation. It is a hurting mom, a rebellious child. And the Bible says, and the woman Asked Jesus to cast the devil out. Verse 27. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled. For it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. Can you imagine Jesus calling anybody a dog? But he did. Cast it to the children first. Verse 28. And he answered and said unto her. Uh, she answered and said, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to the house, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon a bed. For just a little bit more uh, commentary on the text. Would you allow me to go to Matthew chapter number 15 and follow with me there? And maybe you'll hold those pages together. I've, I've got mine paper clipped. That way I could just turn back and forth. And uh, 
I want you to go back to the book of Matthew, chapter number 15. And you soon I begin with our, with our reading at verse 21. And it'll give us a little bit more in-depth commentary of the situation. And the Bible says, I hope you have it there. The Bible says, Then Jesus went thence and departed under the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. Canaan, different. The other text said of Syrophoenicia, a Greek. Same area, but here Matthew lets us know that this woman was a Canaanite. Bitter enemies of the Jew. These are the folk that God told Moses, uh, told Joshua to drive out of the land. Destroy all of them. Children, mothers, dads. God knew that this crowd wouldn't be good for God's crowd. And here God, by Matthew, tells us not only was she a Gentile, not only was she of Syrophoenicia, not only was she a Canaanite, in today's vernacular, a Palestinian. There's still a lot of anger. There's still war. There's still death. There's still carnage between the Canaanites, the Philistines, the Palestinians, and the Jews, even today. So she's a Canaanite, one of God's people, bitter enemies. And she came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying... Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Can you get hold of that statement? Grievously vexed with the devil. I don't have time to break down every word, but I think we probably come to the conclusion this was a mess. Grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Saying, and his disciples came, besought him, saying, send her away. She crieth unto us. Have you ever had a real burden, a real broken heart, a real need, and you take it to the Lord. Amen. And he says nothing. Amen. Have you ever done that? Amen. What do you do when God is silent to your need? And the Bible says, but he answered her, he answered and said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And he said, Truth, she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. 
Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And the daughter was made whole from that very hour. Our Father, we thank you today for the privilege of opening your book and reading and being able to preach it and being able to accept it. So, Lord, today I pray that we're not here today just because it's Sunday. I pray that we're here today to see and hear from God. And, Lord, that if he speaks to us, we will be obedient to what he says and apply it to our life. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it amazing? Jesus gets tired. Say, well, he he didn't have a job and punch a clock, drive a truck, use a backhoe, uh, work in a factory. No, but he ministered everywhere he went. And evidently, ministry is not easy. Ministry is not only physically exhausting, it is mentally draining, it is spiritually uh, exuberant. Ministry is difficult, and here Jesus has been working with the multitudes, he's been talking to the multitudes, he's fed the multitudes, he's, he's hounded by the questions of the scribes and the Pharisees, and he's concerned and condemned their tradition, and now he's tired and he wants to rest. So he and his disciples walk, crawl, ride camels or horses about 50 miles northeast, to a country called, to cities called Tyre and Sidon. The first time Jesus has ever gone into Gentile country. The Bible says that Jesus came into his own, the Jews, but his own received him not. But to as many as those that receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Jesus is a Jew He came to the Jew and the Jew rejected him. And now Jesus is going into the Gentile countries. A companion text, we've already read that. And here's the thing I'd like to bring to you. A phrase out of Matthew chapter 15. It says, O woman, great is thy faith. O woman, great. Is thy faith. I'd like to talk to you about the amazing faith in God's provisions. How many of you folk to believe today that God is able? How many of us act like it? Oh, it's easy to take it off the pages of God's book and say, I have faith. But this lady has faith beyond faith. She has amazing faith. Only two times in the word of God did Jesus tell anybody you had great faith. And both of those were Gentiles. When the satyrian came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. In Luke, the Bible says that Jesus looked at this man because the man said, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. You do not have to touch my servant. If you'll just say the word, I know he'll be healed. And at that moment, Jesus said, 
Great is thy faith. And he healed the man and didn't go to the house. Here the same thing happens. Great is thy faith. Both of these were Gentiles. Not Jewish. They didn't go to the synagogue. They didn't know too much about Moses. And, and they didn't know very much about uh, uh, Joshua. And they, they probably never read the book of Esther. They were just heathen idolaters who heard that Jesus was in town. That's all. They, they had not been to seminary. They had not gone to the temple probably one time in their life. They were Gentiles that had just heard about this water walking, fish multiplying, huh? great physician that was healing, walking on the water, and multiplying sardines and hush puppies. And they said, I just believe he could help me if I could get to him. Do you believe he could help your situation? I wonder how drastic and humongous your situation is to a water water water. Walk in God. Well, I tell you, I don't know what we're going to do for groceries next week. You like hush puppies and sardines? Is there anybody here today would like for Jesus to say, Great is thy faith? Because that's the kind of faith that gets God's attention. And we see here, both were Gentiles, but they both were favored with a tremendous miracle. Both had impossible needs. Not normal needs, not uh, just any need. They both had impossible needs. If you've ever had a teenager that was rebellious, you can't whoop them. Because they'll report you to the authorities. You can't lock them out. Because they come back with big crocodile tears. And saying what kind of daddy are you? You can't hit them. And let anybody catch you. What do you do in a frustrating uh, rebellious uh, situation and, and and here this lady is in an impossible situation but she knew where to bring her situation both were in dire need but both had amazing faith do you believe that God can do anything I thought I read one time that all things are possible with God. Everything except your situation. God is big enough to move mountains, to hush oceans, to bring storms, raise the dead. But he just looked like he's having trouble with your situation. I know yours is unique to God. I know yours probably is beyond all power of God. Well, I'm about ready to give up. 
A lot of times you just don't know what kind of situation I'm in. This probably lady probably said the same thing. But she didn't give up. When God said, well, I came to the lost sheep of Israel. I, I, I really came to the Jews. So I, I can't do anything for you dogs. Uh, I, I just came to the Jews. I wonder if maybe some of us would have give up right about there. But not her, buddy. She just kept right on knocking. Can I talk to you today for just a minute about a, a desperate request? Notice in verse 25, 26 of the book of Mark, a desperate request. And then I'll talk to you about a continuing resolve. You know, I, I think once you get saved, y'all take your quit gear out, tear out your emergency brakes and tear off the, the taillights. They ain't no going back. They ain't no quit. When I told my wife, till death do her part, she is nervous about me killing her. (laughs) My wife and I both are so stupid, we can't even spell divorce. You know why? We have a resolve to be happy. We have turned it over to the one of whom there's nothing impossible. I wish I could get this across to you. Notice verse 25 and 26, a desperate resolve. Verse 25, and a certain woman, I don't know if you know this or not, But that verse did not say just any woman. It said a certain woman. God knew about her. Jesus knew about her. Jesus knew everything about her. Jesus knew the situation. Jesus knew about the rebellious child. Jesus knew that the child, when he made his first mistake and she started going down the wrong road, Jesus knew about the friends probably that took her down the wrong road. The Bible said a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit. That don't even sound good. An unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nature and by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Notice, first of all, she came. Verse 25 says she came. She came out of the coast. She was a Gentile. She was a heathen. Uh, The Jews looked at uh, these Gentile dogs. That's what the Jews thought of Gentiles. They called them dogs. She came out of that coast. She was was a Gentile dog, if you please. Notice she came and she fell at his feet. That's a good place to fall, if you please. 
That's a good place. And that's a good way to come to Jesus. Amen. Just come and fall at his feet. And, and she came and she fell. And, and sin had ravaged her daughter and, and had ruined her home. And, and everything was a mess. Imagine the heartbreak, the sleepless nights. I wonder where she's at. I wonder if she's overdosed. I wonder if she's, uh, if she's killed. Some. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Hey, mom, have you ever sat at night wondering where your daughter is? Or wondering where your child is? And she came to Jesus and imagine the heartbreak and probably tired of everything and everyone. And she had tried it all and she came to Jesus. I, let me suggest to you today, if you've got a problem, a burden, a sorrow, why don't you just come to Jesus? Why, why don't you just quit tearing the load yourself? Quit trying to do the job yourself. Quit trying to do the best you can. Just bring it to Jesus. Just, just come to him. I had to help every time. Amen. Not only did she come, she cried. The Bible says she cried unto the Lord. Hey, have you ever cried? Have you ever cried over a wayward child? Amen. Have you ever cried because your child's not wavered? And would leave. <laughs> You'll get that after a while. You know at 46 they ought to get a job. About 50 they ought to move out. <laughs> you say well preacher you thinking about me. I'm just thinking. Somebody said man I don't want my kids getting married. I was glad to see mine leave. Mama said I'll kill you after service. But she cried. God knows our tears. And Jesus sees our tears. And when nobody understands and and nobody to talk to, you think nobody loves you. He loves you. He sees our tears. And our tears concerns him. She cried. Can you feel the emotion? I want to read you a verse out of Matthew now. Same one we read I'll go. And I want you to feel a little bit of the emotion as this lady came to Jesus. And I, I read for you verse 22 of the book of Matthew, chapter number 15. Listen to this. And behold, a woman of Canaan came of the same coast and cried unto him. Saying, have mercy on me, not on the girl. She did not ask for mercy for the girl. She asked God for mercy for her that she could deal with the situation if God did not change it. Paul prayed three times that God would take the thorn. But God did not take the thorn. He gave Paul grace. That's mercy. Do we need mercy today? We don't need justice. No, sir. We don't want justice. No, we need mercy today. Because if that would have been my child, I'm sure I would need mercy and they'd need a lot more than that. I wouldn't know how to act. Probably I'd act wrong. Probably I would discipline wrong. Probably I would parent wrong. 
no doubt about it, I would act wrong. And God, please have mercy on me. Oh, yes, have mercy on me. And thou son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not. Not a word. Not, not, he didn't say a thing. I wonder how we act when God puts us on hold. We call and we ask. We beg if you please. We plead the blood. We try to get our life right. And we call and God just says, uh, could I put you on hold for a while? She came, she cried. Could I please tell you also, she not only came and called, but she called, she came, she cried, and she called. Verse 26 of Mark says she asked the Lord to do something. It says she besought him. What do you think besought means? You, you think maybe it's one, one, one request and then quit. One prayer and it's all over. Besought means to beg, to plead, to keep on begging, keep on pleading. Regardless of what somebody might say, just keep on keeping on. He said, no, I can't. And she said, please. She said, I can't. I can't give you the food that I came to give to the Jew. She said, well, don't dogs get some of the crumbs on the table. Now, if you read a lot in the commentaries, will tell you that there's two Greek words for dogs, but they both mean dogs. There's a dog, wild dogs, that runs the streets of the city that people are afraid of. And they are vicious, if you please. And then there's another dog, the kind of dog that you see these women driving down the road at 90 miles an hour, sitting in her lap. <laughs> the word is doggy, not dog. Listen, when Jesus told this lady, look, I can't take the bread And give it to the dogs. He said. House dog. Lap dog. Doggies. I think maybe he said it with a smile on his face. Because he knew what he was going to do. Aren't you glad that Jesus knows what he's going to do? Aren't you glad that Jesus knows just the word to pick. Not to discourage you. I'm so glad of that aren't you? She came. She cried. She called. She just would not quit. Notice, she didn't need a bunch of churchy words. Aren't you glad you don't have to pray in the King James language to get an answer? Our Father, thou of Rehoboam and Jeroboam and all them born boys. Aren't you glad that you don't need a degree? To get a hold of God. Just simple words. Lord. Help me. Isn't that neat? See Lord. 
help me. Isn't it something when we recognize him as Lord? Supreme in authority and ability. I know my daughter is vexed, but it's just petty cash to you, Lord. You can handle it. You're the creator. You're the sustainer. You're God. You're wonderful, Lord. That's probably what some of us have never come to yet. That he's Lord. And this Gentile dog looked at our Savior and said, Lord, help me. Wouldn't that be something if some of us got in on that and quit stirring up the pot ourselves? Huh? And the next time she tells you to shut up, instead of saying, you shut up, say, Lord, help me. Huh? The next time she wanted to spend some money, just say, Lord, help her. I mean, Amen. aren't you glad? Just simple. Lord, help me. Somebody said the other day, said, preacher, you saw a simple preacher. You mean like the Philippian who said, that publican said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Maybe like the thief on the cross, Lord, remember me when thou comest. Maybe like the Philippian jailer. What must I do to be saved? Just simple. Isn't that great? Just simple. Notice not only a desperate request, but a continuing resolve. I'm not quitting. If you don't heal her today, I'll ask you tomorrow. And I know, I've seen how those Jews eat. They take a big old piece of bread and sop up the the goodies. And when there's crumbs on the table, they just take that sopping biscuit and scoot those crumbs off. And I've seen the crumbs hit the door. I said, Lord, would it be all right if I just settled for the crumbs? And he said, great is thy faith. Aren't you glad you don't have to settle for the crumbs? Aren't you glad you've got the whole banana? Huh? The whole chill man, it's all yours. Uh, 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 continued resolve. She had some barriers to overcome. Can I give them to you? To come to Jesus, she had to overcome her race. She's a Gentile. Gentiles have no dealings, and the Jews have no dealings with the Gentiles. She had to overcome her race. She was enemy to the God of Israel. The Jews looked at her in despite. She had to overcome her religion. You know, a lot of folks really can't get over their religion. Amen. But thank God, 
We don't have religion. We got Christ. Thank God we don't worship an idol someplace. We don't worship a a meaningless God. We, We serve a God that's alive. Is that not so? I mean, we serve an all-sufficient, all-knowing, uh, all all-wise God. That's the kind of God we have. We serve a God that was dead, yet he rose again and lives forevermore. Is that right? Uh, well, can he help you with your big situation? She wasn't going to quit. She overcame her race. She overcame her religion. And she overcame rejection. I can't do this for you. I came to the Jew. I didn't come to dogs. I probably the most terrible thing you'll ever try to get over in your life is rejection. When someone rejects you, either because of your looks, uh, because of your height, because of your lack of height, whatever it is, nobody handles rejection real well. That's the reason little boys don't ask pretty girls to go out with them. That's the reason they don't ask ugly girls to go out with them. One, they don't want to go. The other one, they don't want to be rejected. That'll go in life. It's okay. Y'all seen the girls that I had asked in Tennessee. If they didn't have under three teeth gone, she was the queen of the show. I stayed in the fifth grade three years because my teacher was the only pretty thing in town. <laughs> Rejection. Jesus rejected her. He said, no, I can't do that. I came to the Jew. Even Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Where's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first. And also to the Greek. Jesus came to the Jew. And the Jew rejected him. He came to his own. His own received him not. And he said to this lady. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I didn't come to you. She overcame race. Religion. And rejection. Man. What a resolve. A boy. Teenager decided to quit high school. Told his daddy, I'm fed up with it. And I'm just going to quit school. The daddy said, well, son, you just can't quit. All the people you remember in history who didn't quit. And the daddy started naming them off. Abraham Lincoln, he did not quit. Thomas Jefferson, he did not quit. Douglas Smith-Ocker did not quit. Elmo Kringle did not quit. And he started to go on. The son said, well, who's Elmo Kringle? He said, see, he quit. You don't even remember him. <laughs> you remember any quitters? Amen. There's nobody in history that ever quit. Benedict Arnold. Don't quit. The homeless crowd's full of quitters. Drive down Rosedale. 
or drive down uh, a university or drive down where the rescue mission is and look on, look at them outside, all the successful quitters. Well, I've got her. No, you don't have a reason. You have a God big enough to take care of your little deal. I mean, your deal is petty cash to God. My deal is petty cash to God. There's just got to be a continuing resolve for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. In sickness, oh, you don't like that? Sickness or in health. Till death do us. I thought that was a resolve. Well, I don't like Brother Wimbar saying anything about me not coming to church. Get used to it. I've been doing it for 50 years. I don't know anything else to say. I'd have to study to do something else. Can anybody say amen? I see a lady. I see a lady. I really do. A desperate request. A continuing resolve. An uncommon reward, if you please. Verse 29 and 30. An uncommon reward. Mark 7 verse 29. And he said unto her. For this saying go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house. She found the devil gone. Gone out and her daughter laid on the bend. Jesus was the only solution for this problem. I don't know if you know Brit Hume or not. On Fox television, he's an announcer and an anchor. When Tiger Wood was going through all of his problems, Brit Hume told Tiger Wood, Your religion, Buddhism, cannot help you. Wood was going through a personal moral dilemma. Bridget Hume said, Buddhism has no forgiveness. What you need to do, Tiger... Is turned to Christianity. Because Christianity has forgiveness and resolve and resolution. The answer to your need, Tiger Woods, is Jesus Christ. That's what a heathen television announcer said. I believe he could help you with your need too. Notice verse 29, how Jesus responded to her request. He said unto her, for this saying, go thy way. What's saying? He said, you have great faith. You have great faith. And Jesus rewarded her in verse 30. And the Bible says, and when she was come to hear to her house, she found the devil gone out of her daughter. And it was such a struggle, the devil leaving her, 
that the devil had flung her on the bed and she was laying on the bed. But Jesus took care of the need. Now, I don't know what your need is today, but I bet you all of us have one. And to you, your need is bigger than everybody else's because it's yours. And your need hurts like nobody else's because it's you that it hurt. But I think God could take care of it for you. The teenage boy's name was John. He left home at 17 years of age. He became a drunk, and when he got out, he got mixed up with pirates. For you know it, he had become a slave trader. He was taking his ship to Africa, taking those poor people and locking them in cages and treating them like animals. He'd bring them to the United States or other countries and sell those. His mama prayed for him constantly. Back before we had automatic washing machines, she'd stand over the rubbing board. I don't know if you've ever seen the mom do that. My mom, that's how she did our clothes. Over that running board. And history says that she stood there. John's mother stood there. And tears would run off into that running board. And she prayed for her 17-year-old boy, John, who left home, became a drunk, and got mixed up in slave trading. And she prayed for him constantly. Because of a series of circumstances, John almost lost his life and ended up a slave himself. A slave to alcohol. A slave to a wayward life. Slave captured by the devil. And mama kept praying for John. And because of the circumstances, John Newton got saved and wrote Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. To God be the glory. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out.